Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, guys. Welcome back. Market Mondays. Yes. In Toronto, Canada, and Ian is in Turks and Caicos. But a big episode for Earn Your Leisure this week. Yes. Um, well, first tonight, after the liability, mm-hmm. talk with whole family, Jordan Woods, dope conversation yes. with her about her, her new um, clothing brand that she started. And that comes on TV tonight. And that'll be on YouTube on Revolt YouTube channel on Wednesday. So Don't check that out. After liabilities. Yep. And uh, tomorrow we got a really really dope episode with my boy Lethal Shooter. Mm-hmm. If you follow basketball, you know what Lethal Shooter is. He's a celebrity trainer. Um, probably has the best jump shots you've ever seen. He uh, trains a lot of NBA players. Really dope because he talked about building a business for sports. So many people love sports, especially black men, and um, became extremely successful in sports um, on the business side, right? Uh, and executing as a as a trainer, but also as a business as well. I think that this is a really dope episode because once again, it highlights another area of uh, this new age way of making money for yourself and providing yep. for your family mm-hmm. out, outside of just going to get a nine to five job. So 
He's one of these people that's figured it out. Social media, millions of followers on social media. You don't get to that level of success by accident. So, yeah, yeah, I've said it before, but I think he's a, the new Tim Grover. And for all my entrepreneurs, I think you need to study him and his process for how he makes things so difficult that a live game is easier. I've been telling everybody in Red Panda to go. He's my favorite non-trader trader because the like the objects that he puts himself through to become better, that focus and relentless desire to be great, I think is something we all can uh, emulate. So tune in tomorrow. I'm looking forward to the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, um, all right. So, yeah, that's one o'clock tomorrow. Then we got a surprise episode that's dropping on Friday off schedule. Um, Barack Obama. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, we only do surprise episodes when it's monumental. Yeah, exactly. So it's something that's happening on Friday. And we were lucky enough to, you know, we're going to be able to have the conversation leading up to a very special event that will be taking place. Yeah. And, um, to coincide with the event that's taking place, <laughs> the episode will come out on Friday. Another exact. So hit that, yeah. that notify me button on YouTube. L listen, hey, to everybody in chat, I don't know either, but when they get to talking like this, oh baby, Matt, I'm not there. Yes, Sersky. So all right, um, Ian, any announcement? Yes, uh, tune in to Stock Club Call Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central. Um, and also, oh, speaking of one of the biggest in the game. Shout out to JP Morgan. Um, this Oakland, this Saturday in Oakland on the 12th, um, I'll be doing a talk uh with Steph Curry in Oakland. So you guys can register, you know. So shout out to Steph. I know y'all was with him what a month ago. Xander was so <laughs> mad. He like, why Troy Rashad can't get to meet Steph? And I didn't, baby. I'm gonna make it up to you. So uh the parent pressure is real, but yeah, October 12th is a free event. You do have to register, it is free. You gonna be interviewing them or on panel? No, no, no. We were just speaking on the same event um, on a panel about building wealth. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. So the JP Morgan series is back. We did it last year, um, and then you know I got a couple other dates uh, coming up. Three more this year. So this is the first one to kick it off. Bye. Oh, oh, so yes, yeah, so shout out to Nicole. Shout out to Justin. I appreciate all of you. Shout out to JP Morgan. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it, man. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only, right? We always tell you how to do your own research. So it's very important you do that, uh, your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional connection with or verify and research any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise continue to do the research, continue to share the research. And when you've gotten information on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis from somebody, and it's been valuable and it's helped you, please give that person credit. Love is love. Yes. Love is love. All right, let's get into this. So, what were your five biggest takeaways from the decision of rating agency Fitch to downgrade US debt from the highest rating of triple A to double A plus and does this cause you to be concerned as an investor? It was interesting to see this come out um 12 years ago. I remember when the SP Global downgraded the United States. Fitch is maybe the second or third biggest in that ratings game. But a few things that we talked about before, like the biggest takeaways I had is our debt to GDP ratio is too high. Um if we're looking, we owe as a country $31.4 trillion in debt. We're now on the brink of Americans losing Social Security if you're under the age of 50. Our overall fiscal policy is a absolute disaster. Um, high, higher interest rates and the when we got off 
quantitative easing is a part of this as well. But um, even Bill Ackman said he's now shorting 30-year treasuries for everyone in Sniper. That would be the equivalent of ZB. And the truth is, like, we have to do a lot better job of managing our debt. And the truth is, like, our leadership politically has failed us so bad over the last 20 years to put us in this position. If I'm going to be very honest, if I'm doing a SWOT analysis, which is like the strengths and the weaknesses, um, we haven't had great leadership in a long time. And if you take out quantitative easing, the pre presidency of Barack Obama, which I know certain people will have an issue with his reign as president, we've really been in trouble collectively as a country since 1997 financially. Uh, Rashada bring it up from time to time, but like tech had a flat decade. Um, and what really exacerbated, excuse me, or, or got us out of that crisis was quantitative easing. And then we saw this miraculous tech boom from the time Barack Obama got in and it started to taper off around 2020. But if we didn't have those two things in place, who knows where we'd be? We probably could have been the equivalent of Japan of having like a flat two decades. Um, Sweden, Norway, Australia, Denmark have amazing balance sheets in comparison. We are leading the world's race and having the most debt. Mm -hmm. And we need to borrow $2 trillion in the next two quarters to pay our bills. So um, when I say our country is broke and the positives are, yes, amazing stock market. You probably have some of the best opportunities here compared to other countries. I think that lead is slowly diminishing. But I think we need much better leadership politically. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, that's kind of like what the agency was saying. Like, if you even read their quote, it was one of the, the reasons for the, the downgrade. The number one thing they said was the repeated debt limit political standoffs and last minute, last minute resolutions. And so we've seen these, hey, the government's going to shut down. The government's going to shut down. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> at, at the last minute, I oh, will figure it out. But I saw, there might be a time when they don't figure it out. I was talking to my yeah. mom about this the other day. But let's go back to 1970. What presidents would you have run your company or a major company that were president over the last 40 or 50 years? It shouldn't take that long to answer. Like Congress, I think we need to, and I think Rashad, you brought this up a couple of weeks ago. There needs to be an age limit on how long you can be in Congress as well. I think some of the leadership decisions that are being made would not be made if we had more 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and 50-year-olds there. Um, I know everyone dragged Nancy Pelosi over the coals for our stock and trading investment uh, insights and, and returns that she's able to get. But I think we need a complete overhaul of our political system because things are not going well. I know some people are going to argue that the rating agency doesn't matter. But I think in combination with real estate going up as quickly as it did over the last three years, we're going to hover around five to eight percent for the next seven to eight years for the overall interest rates. It, this is going to it's feeling like 2007. I remember when I was in Atlanta in 2007 and Norcross and Alpharetta and everyone was like, yo, everything's going to be fine. And it took an act of God damn near to make the recession go away and business was a lot slower. And if we don't fix this very soon, I think we can go back to a much slower economy. I know we talked about it last week. Shout out to uh, DiBiase. Ma, I appreciate you. Um, he'll drop a lot of money bags in the comments, but there's not a lot of people that have a lot of money that is freely flowing around and businesses are getting tighter. And we'll talk about Apple later. Even Apple is starting to suffer 
slower iPad and iPhone sales as a result because money is not flowing around. So if we do not turn this around, it's going to be an issue. I'll say, I'll say this and, and wrap it up. But I do think if we have a president that poses a real solution to some of these problems, he could probably want be one of the greatest superheroes of this century. Because no one I hear on a not Vivek, not Trump, uh, not Robert F. Kennedy, not Biden. I don't hear anyone talking about a real solution. So for all the politicians that listen, man, if one of you gets on a platform like this one or Invest Fest or Market Mondays and give people an actual solution and tell people the truth about what it's going to take to turn the country around, you are damn near be a dictator. But I don't see anyone in the political landscape that is willing to do so. But when I'm looking for an edge on what we need, we need a fearless leader that can rally not only the citizens, but senators and congressmen to have change come about. So, so does this affect us from an investor standpoint, right? This is really. Absolutely. But from the standpoint, like if we're looking at politics, this doesn't, I mean, we, we've seen, there hasn't been bipartisanship for, we could say last 20 years, but at, for the past five, it's it's been, been a, terrible. It's been absolutely terrible. I don't see any let up on this. And so can we, can we say that this can, we're only getting downgraded in the first, in the first uh, agency. Mm -hmm. Can you see it happening in S and P and Moody's as well? Absolutely. I mean, S and P was the one who did it 12 years ago. And if Moody does it, uh, which is one of my favorite stocks ticker MCO. So you guys can watch that and, and put that in your watch list. But if they do it as well, it's really just saying what I've been screaming since two years ago, even though they won't announce that we are in a, re in a recession, the business fundamentals of the country is down. If I was to look at the United States of America like a company, what does this benefit? Really technology and some of the exports that we do have. Great. Who is the CEO? Biden would be CEO. Is he the best? Um, what are some of our weaknesses? We have a bunch of industries and a bunch of countries trying to team up at one time to take us down. There are some changes that need to be made. So yeah, Tuesday through Friday of last week, the market fell apart. Like Apple went from 190 something to 180. Mm -hmm. Fell four to five percent in one day. That's not because of the earnings report. People are being a lot um more and I always go Troy like to Rashad's example. So whenever you tell Rashad about an investment, he's gonna well tell me how it won't work. It reminds me a lot of my dad. My dad doesn't want to hear about any of the upside. Tell me what can go wrong. One of the things that can drag tech and the NASDAQ down dramatically is these ratings. And then if they start telling the truth about how our economy is doing, this was just one rating agency that most people never heard of. And the market fell mm -hmm. 5%. Imagine if they come out and just say, yeah, without quantitative easing, we wouldn't have done well. We don't have a plan to fix it. Because I'm not hearing many people pose many solutions. And that's why I think like Market Mondays, the show, Market Mondays Live, InvestFest is so important. Because you're going to get a chance to hear from billionaires and millionaires that are like actively trying to fix some of these solutions. Um, but it definitely will affect us because if Yellow, the trucking company, went out of business, Disney's having trouble. When I when I did my analysis earlier, Disney only has like a 37%, excuse me, less than 2% chance of going out of business. But 10 years ago, it was less than 0.3% that they, 0.003% uh, that they could. America, I won't say is in a decline phase, but it is the economy is a lot softer than we need it to be. And the truth is, we talked about it before. There are a lot of jobs that are available, but they are not high paying. And even 
when I'm seeing travel internationally, I ask at the front desk, I'm like, how are sales? One of my favorite questions to ask. They're down 60% year over year. And we're the customer base for Turks. So if we're not going, and most people are hurting, rent is going up, mortgages are going up, this is definitely going to be um, a tougher time and we need leadership to come in and fix this. But I definitely want to ask you guys, what do you think? Because you're traveling around, you're talking to different people. You got an amazing episode coming out Friday. We'll love to hear their thoughts on our economy. But, but how do you guys feel about this rating? Um, yeah, I don't think that it's a tremendously big deal in the grand scheme of things. But when you, you, it's not a, it's not beneficial. That's why I always look at life like you know, some, some like it's like okay, should we do a commercial for Market Mondays? It couldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Might not, might not be, might not be the most beneficial. Beneficial, we couldn't, couldn't hurt. And then it's like, all right, well, if the audio is extremely bad on Market Mondays, right? Mm-hmm. People still probably tune in, but it can't help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some, sometimes that's how I look at life. Like it, it can't be beneficial yeah. for America or for the economy. Yeah. It might not be the tipping point that's going to break it at the stock market. Yeah. But it's it's not helpful. Yeah. And, you know, if this starts a trend and, you know, people become more and more, you know, scary and weary about, you know, America's ability to pay back its loans, mm-hmm. um, that that's never beneficial. Yeah. So I, I think that I'm not 100 um, percent worried about this right now. I don't think it's too big of a deal, uh, but it is something to at the very least be aware of. And to monitor because yeah. it's not something that you want to, you know, continuously go down this this slope of getting downgraded. Yeah, I will add just briefly to that. I mean, when we think of the word credit and we think about even from a personal standpoint, I like to re- rely on that because it just means how trustworthy are you? Yep. Right. Like from a personal standpoint, from a country standpoint, you're talking about the, the leader from a global economy, the United States. How trustworthy are we if we continue to have so much debt and we our GDP is not matching or keeping up pace with that? Um, and so we named the nine countries um, that have AAA ratings. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, number one thing it tells you is that these people are going to be trusted. And so what will business look like going for, forward for those countries? And how do we get back to that standpoint? I know we said from a political standpoint, that's the first piece, but that's just one thing right like the political part is one part but how do we pay off the debt yeah (laughs) like the piece putting the pieces in place are are important but what is the action plan to actually alleviate some of this debt because it hasn't it's only gone up over the past five ten years yeah i know chamath made the point like uh we we still are the number one country have the number one currency and what are investors alternatives with the alternative is to do nothing you don't have to park your because like a lot of foreign entities don't want to buy our debt at this current rate. Our option is to put it elsewhere. Like that's why we talked about the Saudis and shout out to whoever made the opinion piece talking about shit. The Saudis go after LeBron after we talked about it last week. I appreciate you, but give us credit. But I, the, the, the option is to always do nothing like private equity and like the top tier firms are very good at putting their powder on the side and waiting for the right opportunity. Um, and I've all I keep saying it. There shouldn't be seven companies that are ruling the returns of 2023. 
I mean, if you want to dice it down to international companies as well, and maybe like 14 companies overall that are just like consistently dominating out of 6,000 stocks. If that isn't a sign that our credit is weakening and that the economy isn't as stable as it should be, I don't know what is, but um, stay tuned. And that's why I always say you have to invest in the best companies because they'll provide you a return regardless of what the market um, is giving you at the time. So how will they refinance the debt? That'll be the question. It's going to be tough. We'll see. All right. So let's go to Apple. Mm hmm. Uh, so we posted this on Instagram a couple days ago. The Apple faces longest sales drop in decades as iPhone sales slump. So Apple is confronting its largest sales decline in decades attributed to the slump in iPhone sales. Mm -hmm. Various factors might be contributing to this downturn, including market saturation, mm -hmm. intensified competition from other smartphone manufacturers and ongoing global supply chain issues. The iPhone has traditionally been significant source of revenue for Apple, and this decline might prompt a reassessment of the strategy or an exploration of new avenues for growth. The situation presents a notable development in the tech industry, mm -hmm. and stakeholders will be keen to observe how Apple navigates this challenging period. So we've also saw Apple stock decline mm -hmm. last week. Right. So you talk about Apple a lot as far yes. as there's two stocks that everybody should have, in your opinion. And mm -hmm. those stocks are Apple and Microsoft. Right. Yes. Um, but this is saying that Apple is facing challenges with its number one product, which is the iPhone. Mm -hmm. And um, we saw a stock drop a little bit last week. Uh, iPhone sales are slowing down. So should this be considered? when people are thinking about investing in Apple for the next 10 years. Hell yeah. Apple, I'm on your ass today. I'm all, I'm usually an Apple Avenger and Apple advocate, and I still am. But I will say, and I think we all can agree, um, Apple needs extreme innovation in the iPhone. Mm -hmm. I think one of the main reasons why people are not, I think the iPhone 15 comes out in September. Yep. I haven't heard one person on earth be like, I can't wait for, for the 15 to drop. He's like the Jordan 29. Shout out to everybody at Jordan, Michael Jordan, Jordan Brand, Marcus Jordan, Larsa, everybody. But <laughs> I don't think anyone is looking forward to it. And even myself, like um, when I lost my phone in the ocean, I'm like, well, maybe I should get a 14 regular or go get a Samsung. And for the uh -huh. first time, I'm like, maybe I should go get a Samsung. So I think they need some innovative features in their iPhone, at least 15 features, because for the last, let's say, what, 12 years, Samsung has innovated and created some amazing features and benefits for their phone and apple will copy them four or five years later secondly i think they need another johnny ive uh, they need a person that can create an amazing product um that looks well that's super innovative third i think they need to make an aggressive push into healthcare either with a partnership with eli Lilly or acquiring a smaller player because they need to start to hedge just in case that they lose that edge in the tech space. And I think because Tim is a great operator, he's not an innovator per se, but he's innovative in how he's done operations. I think Apple has gotten very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. Do I still think it's the greatest publicly traded stock of all time? Yes. A lot of the drop of last week was because of that credit rating and they were at the top. They hit an all-time high, I think, two or three weeks ago. So they were bound to come down. But 
Apple has for uh, too long um, has been lagging in their innovation and they weren't, you're not really looking like, I think they should have bought DJI a long time ago as well on the camera side for everyone who's making content, but you need more disruptive innovation there in their product line. And it's just not there. Like I feel like yeah. the last five iPhones and iPads have been generally the same services have done incredibly well, but if the product isn't amazing, the services business is going to fall apart. Um, for all of my entrepreneurs, like if you have an amazing uh, design product innovation, I was reading they could have bought Midjourney a couple years ago and the parameters didn't work out well. That would have been a nice product for them to have in their suite to put into the iPhone. Mm -hmm. So I'll put it there. Um, but I just think they need some drastic innovation and they're not exposed too well to the enterprise side. So if I'm looking at it from a contrarian view of what they need to improve, those are the four or five things that they need to fix in order to be a better brand going forward to make me hold on for the next 10 years. Yeah, I think you made a great point about they got comfortable because when they got comfortable, the customer got comfortable. Um, I know Lashai just mentioned a couple of things um, from competitors, but across the board, smartphone sales are down. Yep. And so I'm not sure if that's the, the, the biggest issue. We talk about the su supply chain. We watched TSM go down. We saw AMD pull back a little bit. We saw Qualcomm pull back. And the mm -hmm. reason was it wasn't because of the supply, they, uh, the demand. It was that they had too much. Mm -hmm. right? They had too much and the demand has slowed down. And so that comfortability has led people to be comfortable as well. The person that has the iPhone 13 is not complaining that they need the 14. Nope. They're not going to be complaining that they need the 15 either because, like you said, there is no disruptive innovation. Even now, when I looked at the, the preview for the new one, it's like, all right, this is cool, but my 14 does just the same the thing. The same thing. Right? And so, like, th that disruption is not there, which is which is an issue, but we can't, like, take out the fact that inflation has played a, a, a part in it. Right? Because if I have to decide between getting uh, a need or paying $1,500 for a cell phone, you're going to go with the need first, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not a discretionary spend anymore. And so that that plays a part in it as well. But like you said, the, the, there are some upsides, right? If we look at the company, yeah, it pulled back, but it's still up 40% for the year. Yeah. We can't ignore that. You talked about the service side. That's up $21 billion. They make $21 billion just in services. And so that pays, yeah. plays a part into it. And then, you know, we're looking at expansion. And so there was growth outside of just the United States. This, the cell phone market has gone down for them in the United States, but it's 4% in China. It's gone up 4%. They've mm -hmm. gone, gone into India. They've gone into Indonesia. So it's kind of what we've been saying for the past month. It's like, yeah, they haven't had the innovative product. And so the new product is like, let's go take over more markets. And it's going to, it's a, a slow process, but it seems yeah. to be the thing until the Vision Pro. The other thing with the Vision Pro is the price point. Price point, yeah. Right. So if you got a fifteen hundred dollar phone and now you have a new innovative uh a piece of equipment that's gonna cost thirty five hundred. And, and when we're talking about the times that we're in, especially when we're quote unquote recessionary times, you have to take that into account. How many yeah. people can now afford that? You will have a population that will, but how many people will look at it we'll as a product that they actually need to have? Um and so they you know, you gotta take these things into account um when, when you see Apple pull back like that. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say, am I down on the company long term? No. No. Um, Apple, I mean, it made $38 million an hour this quarter. Like, so Apple is printing more money in a month than some companies would do in six months. So I, th I still think it's incredibly um, in rare air, but 
sales are down 1.4% year over year. Um, it guided lower. Macs are down 7%. Even with the MacBook and MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, mm-hmm. I yeah. think some of the desire to why cell phones are down, it's going back to a utility type of product where you felt before you were getting something new. You can't, re- especially in a recession, you can't resell the same thing over and over again. Like even for me, and it's like, 2.5 version of stock club like there's 34 different things that i'm adding just because people need more bang for their buck and apple is like a luxury company so when you have a luxury yes you can go take over more markets but at some point the product just needs to be better mm-hmm. and uh, we haven't had that innovation yet and that's why i say i think you need a, a johnny ive there was a huge divide in apple the corporation between if it should be more efficient or if it should be more creative, like Steve was the more creative person. Tim was the more the operation. You need both. Like even when you guys see the rollouts for invest fast and market Mondays. And I know Joe Budden always criticized my little wrestling intros. You need both. I got tired of going to conferences on a Sunday and be like, here's how to invest in the S and P and get three. No, you need both. So they need more innovation. The product needs, needs to be better. I want to be able to zoom into a hundred X and see the moon like the Samsung can. Like we need to do more. So this is my outcry to Apple and everyone um, on their board is like, please find someone who can create uh, better products at a faster rate so that the sales can improve and be stable yeah. as and, we go into this time. And the reason we talk about the iPhone sales, right? Specifically when we talk about Apple is because if you look at the revenue model, it's 50% of the revenue comes from the iPhone sales. Yep. So anytime there's a report that they've been declining, like they have for the past three quarters, it's going to draw a lot of attention because it's a lot of revenue from the, the wealthiest company by market cap mm-hmm. in the world. Um, so we got to pay attention to that. Anything that starts to, to trend negative, like you said, it's not beneficial. And so they yeah. got to figure out what, what it's going to be. And for what I've seen from the 15, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we, I mean, the fourth quarter is a, is a strong quarter for them because of the fact that they released it at the end of September and now those sales, you know, go into the, the next quarter. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure people, the brand loyalty will be strong. We'll, we'll just see how many people are interested in having the newest product and the price point for it. Yeah. Everyone put in chat, what three features would you like to see put in? An iPhone that would make you want to buy it. Yeah, I think they said early next year. You know, we, we saw Google have their their uh, GBT product, and we saw obviously Microsoft with their GBT product. I think by the the first quarter of next year, yeah, that might be something that they're trying to have installed inside of the the newest phones. And so that might be something that's innovative. Um, we, we already know what you know they had Siri, but this is this is something a product that they admittedly said that they've been working on. For the past five to eight years yeah <laughs> so you know they they it's not like they're behind the ball they're just waiting for the opportune time to put it out so we'll, we'll see maybe that's something that sparks i actually guys this is from a brand perspective how long do you think you can get away by being a brand that drops features after your competition it's worked thus far i'm not worried about if it's worked thus far i'm worried about if it can work for the next 10 years yes it's still, and most we've seen legacy companies ibm PayPal, like some huge corporations that were dominant in a previous decade, the next decade not be able to keep up. And then here comes Elon. Regardless of the the lack of efficiency I think he may have, you can't argue about him trying to innovate. Yes, he's messed up with rebranding Twitter and the X, and he's trying though. He's not resting on his laurels though, like the team with the executives at PayPal. Um, (laughs) So my fear is like, can they keep this lead 
And we'll talk about Amazon later because like Amazon in a few years has a chance to be the highest grossing revenue company of all time. You can't lose that lead. And like I said, if Bezos get off that yacht with that Latina and his wife, hey, and come back and run shop because in a recession, Amazon, because you're not just competing against those in your class, you're competing against every brand in the world. Amazon is a formidable opponent for Apple as an investor. If they get a celebrity CEO that is trusted and that pipeline continues to be full, AWS continues to be a monster. If they lose that number two slot and then we have Microsoft right on their tail. So. All right. Well, okay. Let's see. But let's take a surprise mid-episode break to talk to one of the greatest to ever do it. <laughs> let's get it. Just for anybody that's going to Invest Fest that's looking to gain information, what, what advice would you give to them as far as like networking, meeting people? I, I, I feel like that's really the most important part of these type yeah. of events. You know, you're going to yeah. be with 20,000 people. What's your advice for anybody that's going to be at Invest Fest this year? First of all, go with an open mind. Because you don't know how it's going to come to you. See, if you knew how it was going to come to you, you'd have it already. So go to InvestFest with an open mind. Go in there with your mind open to receive. You don't know how God going to give it to you. And listen to everybody. Because you don't know, again, how God going to give it to you. So I would go to InvestFest with an open mind, with a stack of business cards, and a notebook with an ink pen or however you take notes. I don't know if you're more tech savvy. I'm still old school. I write notes. I'm, but however you want to do it, I would go there with an open mind. I would go there with my business cards. And don't go down there lying. Look, man, stop making yourself more than you really are. If you had it all together, what you there for? All the people that's got it together probably up on stage. You know, that, I'm just telling you real now. I mean, mm. sorry. All the people that's really got it together probably on stage. If you're not on stage, then admit it that your goal is to one day be on stage. Have your don't go there and be pretentious. Don't go there propping yourself up. I'm a big producer. No, you're not. Don't nobody know you. <laughs> go, go there, man, and say, look, I came to learn. I came to get something from this. I came to connect, to network, to be around like-minded people. And I'm, man, I'm so glad y'all here because we all bought the same ticket. We all in here to get fed uh, some nutrients and go there with that mindset, man. Don't go in there pretending to be something that you're not. That hurts people so much because you don't know who you're talking to, man. You, you could be talking to somebody that's right on the cusp of, of flipping the switch to greatness. And then when you tell them you got all your act together, okay, then he figure, okay, boom, I'll move on to the next one. So go in there with no pretentious, man. Have your cards and your notes. Stay humble and be open. Thank you. Thank you for your Thank time. You so Always appreciate you. See you at Invest Fest. Uh, I love the floral. Yes. You <laughs> was immaculate at the wedding, too. So yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was that boy. That boy Beatty got married. Woo! Y'all boys was clean. Now, the thing I like about Earn Your Leisure, y'all don't give a damn about them rules. They told me. <laughs> we didn't know. Shout out to me. We didn't know. I swear we didn't know. They told y'all black tie. I said, them boys from New York had on pink 
Baby Blue, I said, D boy, D. Like, man, if y'all ain't the most Detroit acting ass New York dudes out of ever. Hey, I'm from yeah, that's the Midwest of me. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, didn't, I, I had on black for the record. Yo, so, SH, I definitely I had, had on black. I showed up in, in, in a pink suit with, to an oh, all black. I had on baby blue. All I said, these, these dudes do what they want to do. The <laughs> boy said, ain't nobody tell us. It was on everything. Them emails Everybody I ain't else get. in the hat on black. <laughs> how, they, how the only people they didn't tell we all three. I, we just came off tour for the record. Cannot, so was, yeah. I, I definitely had on black and black tie. Troy had on Troy made the dress. That, that is a fact. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, some rebels. Next your, time, boy next time. Had, your boy had on pink linen. He was <laughs> boy, these dudes are from Detroit. They need to quit lying. Hey man, really, y'all a bunch of old soul cats, man. Y'all, y'all was Boosie Collins. <laughs> I said, these my dudes, man. Y'all look like my friends. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, oh, man, we'll do better next time. We, no, we man, y'all was fly. Don't worry about it, everybody. My son, he know better. My son had on the damn. He was killing. <laughs> no, he, he had on the vibe, though. Yeah. He had on the vibe. It's a wedding. This ain't vibe. <laughs> From people getting married, a little ass walking around, and then he got yeah. hot in that vibe. And then that's he had a damn tank top. I pulled him over to the side. I said, "Hey man, if you don't go put that hot ass jacket on, <laughs> walking around these people wedding with this damn wife beat on." Yeah. <laughs> it was hot I, out there, and I appreciate you. You you saved me. My my wife was a little upset. She said, "You know, you didn't really introduce me to S.H. And she you kind of gave it a high. But when I introduced her as my wife, there oh was yeah, a commonality there." Oh, dog, I, and I, I appreciate it. You saved me, SH. Thank dog, you. Dog, dog, I know how to blow up the wife. <laughs> you got to blow the wife up. Dog. She having babies and shit. You got you to know how. To, you got to act right with them wives, dog. I appreciate you. <laughs> that little chick somebody meet down there at the bar and then bring her to the wedding. Now, the wife show up. Big ups, dog. They have like babies, dog. They make, they make another you. Mm. Big fact. That's a fact. All right, brothers. I got y'all. Love you, man. Have a great night. Love you. Thank you. All right, Black, for sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The great Steve Harvey. Legend. Y'all, y'all, yes. y'all a little disrespectful, man. Spoken. <laughs> it was an accident. We didn't get the memo. We didn't get the 26-page Vesco I, requirement I, layout. I just got thrown in there. That's a fact, man. Yes. Well, first, the, the Dresco situation... Uh, shout out to BD Brandy. Congratulations on the wedding. Um, Immaculate. You have to paint the full picture. So it was uh, it was in Lake Como in Italy, and uh, it was Como like, Como. That's what he's doing, right? <laughs> he, he, he be throwing the governor name in there sometimes. Oh, okay. Shout out to him too. What, what's the governor's name? Cuomo. Cuomo. Where Where is he from? Uh, I don't what's know. What's his family? What's his family descent? He's not from Lake Como. He's, Ita- he's Italian. Yeah, but that's just playing parts of Italy. So if his name is Cuomo. And the lake is called Como, it's two different things. Are they spelled the same? No. No. How do you spell his name? C-U-O-M-O. And yeah. Como is C-O-M-O. Two different Rashad, places. I'm still rocking with you, though. Two different places. There's a vibe. You throw that on this one. Just a little sazon on it. Pull out gracefully on this one. So we we went to the wedding and um, it was an all black affair, as Sh described. 
and uh, me and Ian, well, Ian had the the turquoise blue blazer, yeah, and I, I had the the salmon blazer. Insert picture with the blue shirt. Yeah, Mike, insert picture, please. With the white it looks pants. phenomenal, by the way. It was it definitely looked like wedding crashes, though. It's an awkward, awkward moment. Now yeah. there was one person that had a black tie, but it's okay. I, I took the shot for the fellas, man. I'm a team yeah, player. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. Everybody looked great. That's the most important. You know, thing. the wife looked amazing. Why did we get put on the email though? There, there was an email, it was a text, but that's neither here nor there. What we will what we will do is we will show up and we will show up fashionable. Absolutely. And we will leave fashionable. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, bro. Incredible. Yeah, it was, uh, Incredible. We definitely fashion rebels for that one. Uh it was fitting. Came to an all a all black wedding. Black tie, black tie wedding in Italy in pink. And baby yeah. blue. <laughs> yes. Pink and blue. Pink yes. and blue to a black tie affair. Hey. No one said anything. Legend. That's, That's actually, true. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Like, okay. I'm thinking like, okay. It's actually pretty legend if you think about it. Speaking legendary, they could not miss Invest Fest. Well, how could you miss Invest Fest? Impossible. You know, like I said, we just had a you know some quick words from the great Steve Harvey mm-hmm. about Invest Fest. Uh, but you know, I was talking to uh 19 Keys about this, and he brought up a good point. He was like, you know, if you live in Atlanta, like let's just take every other part of America out of it, but if you live in Atlanta, I would hate to be the person that assuming you you know you work a job, you have enough money to not like what would be your thought process to not go to invest fest like you have to actually make a conscious decision to be like all right there's gonna be four billionaires here there's gonna be steve harvey here there's gonna be 19 keys here there's gonna be ian dunlap here there's gonna be kathy woods there's gonna be rich paul there's gonna be maverick carter there's gonna be diddy there's gonna be the richest black person in american history there's gonna be ai activation there's gonna be Mm -hmm. the the most successful um construction black owned construction Firm Church. in America, there it's going to be Don Peoples the third there, Chris Paul, Lala, Chris Paul, Lala, Jermaine Dupree, um, Jeezy. Uh, and you have to actually make a conscious decision to say, Nah, I'm, no, good. I'm good, I'm good. Set this one out, yeah, I'm gonna stay at the crib. What goes through your brain? What's the thought process of that? Even if you just go to network and learn, even for me, like seeing that lineup, y'all keep adding people. I'm like, huh? when y'all gonna stop? <laughs> <laughs> no time soon. Today of, and that's uh, the thing too. There's a lot of people like, is there, is there room for there's room for everybody to speak? There's three stages actually. So there's one stage. There's another stage. A lot of stuff happens simultaneously, and then there's, this year we actually added a podcast stage. Oh, that's fire! Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be happening live inside the marketplace in the center of 400 businesses. That's Think smart. about that. So like if you were thinking like, all right, maybe I don't go because I didn't know about it, but my homegirl's business is going to be there. So like somebody you know is going to be there either attending or they're going to have their business on display. So there really is no excuse. It's a difficult decision to make, to consciously just sit in Atlanta and just, and once again, that goes back to the risk reward ratio. What's the worst that can happen? Yep. That's how I look at it. Just get a you have a good time. You get a general admissions ticket and you go. I guarantee you it's more beneficial than you going to the nightclub. And you can go to the nightclub too because there'll be parties. Yeah. But it's like, what's the worst that can happen? Think about it. $300. Tickets. 
Like, is $300 going to make or break your life in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. But, but look, look who you can end up meeting. Like, I end up meeting some great people. Even on my end, like, met Edwin there, met Rupin there, shout out to my guy. Like, just meeting people is an amazing thing, and you end up building these friendships. And, or, and, and even, let's take the, the economy back into it. If the economy is getting tighter, people are going to do business with people that they've met. They can feel their energy. They like and trust. You have to show up. You can't just sit in the house and DM and email and click funnel your way to success. Yeah. I wish it was that easy. We'd never travel. And it's not a guessing game, right? If you're at investors, you're in attendance, you're there because people have the same like mind that you have. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you go into to a room and you're wondering, like, I wonder what they do. I wonder, I wonder if we're here for the same reasons. If you're there, you're there for the, the reason to improve yourself from a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint, from a business standpoint. Like mm -hmm. that's why you're there. And that's gonna happen. Get oh. get your tickets to Invest Fest now. Two weeks away. Yeah, that's we crazy. Two, we're two weeks away. It's happening. Two weeks away. Um, Friday, August 25th, the first day. That day is actually free um to anybody that wants to come. So we're Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. is a registration day. This is extremely important. That line's crazy. Register on Friday. So mm -hmm. registration means like when you go, you get your lanyard. You get your, you know, your, your credentials to actually go inside mm -hmm. um, instead of waiting on Saturday when obviously there's thousands of people there. Right. So you don't want to wait online. So you could just go anytime on, on Friday, anytime from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Anytime. Just stop in Georgia World Congress Center, the B building and register. But then also what's happening on Friday as well, outside of just the registration is shout out to Ash Cash. He mm -hmm. put together a dope uh, event with Reform. So Reform, I'm sure you probably heard Meek Mill talking about yeah. it, and Michael Rubin and my and uh, Kraft. Um, Reform is a is an organization to, that is uh, championing um, prison reform mm -hmm. and changing the laws and probation, different things of nature. So they're gonna have a dope event where a couple of different people are speaking, fireside mm -hmm. chats, and then Ash Cash will do, be will be doing a live conversation with my boy Jim Jones. Oh, shout that's dope. Shout mm -hmm. out to Jimmy. And then the vendors will be in there on Friday as well. They, we're going to let them start vending early. So, yeah, this is just an opportunity. Party time. Yeah. So Friday is actually a free day for registration, to see the reform event. That's for the community. And also just patronize the vendors. Like, just go yeah. support the vendors, support black businesses, catch the vibe. It's like a pre, it's a warm up. And then Friday night is not free, though. Friday night is the VIP night. That is vibes. Mm -hmm. on a very high level we got funny marco we got jermaine dupree mm -hmm. we got lala anthony terrence we J. got terrence j we oh, got terrence. milan harris we got my boy Derek hayes there you go um so many dope people ja rule ja rule that's a will ja gonna be there oh, okay performing yes so how many hits it's man it's gonna be a vibe and the the the, the VIP thing, the reason why it's so beneficial is outside of all those great people that I just named, that's when you're actually going to be able to run into a, a Maverick Carter. Like, just let's just say. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't say. So it's like, <laughs> that's the opportunity. That's really the opportunity to run into a 19 Keys. Yeah. He ended up being the building. Ian Dunlap. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Shiggy or anybody. You never know who's going to be there. Shigavell. Shigavell. <laughs> Shigavell. Shigavell. You yeah. know, that's the type of a branding rule 
like these are the type of these are the type of places where you can actually you know everybody's just chilling they got their guard down mm -hmm. might have a drink or two mm -hmm. vip etiquette it's an open bar an open bar doesn't mean to just get drunk for no reason please drink responsibly yes it's not beneficial to get drunk at a networking type of environment it's trust me this is a please, for your brand i will say please don't please don't very important that's i mean it's a first impression a lot of the times it's the first thing that people recognize and i know a lot of people you know if you consume and you not you may not realize it like i'm, I'm a little tipsy but i'm telling you people somebody you're here to talk about networking and business and the first thing that we can tell is that somebody's intoxicated it's the rest of the conversation it's, it's hard it's to trust it's irrelevant it's over so but then saturday and then sunday all day you know main event type vibes and we'll be putting the um schedule up very soon i know a lot of people are asking about the schedule it'll end around nine o'clock on sunday so if you want to get your flights just keep that in mind yeah. and it'll start it'll start early on saturday like 8 30 in the morning nine o'clock in the morning get there early so mm -hmm. all day saturday all day sunday and then we got parties saturday night sunday night there's a whole vibe so yeah <sighs> investment yeah. gentlemen the time has come get no. the tickets investfest.com all right so let's get into this and thank you to Steve Harvey for being generous with his time, as always, and Absolutely. being such a you know inspiration to to many people over the course of his illustrious career and being able to reinvent himself and to have him back again for year two at InvestFest for an undisclosed special role is, is something that we don't take for granted. So we appreciate yeah. the bro and shout out to Tabidi and and Brandon and the whole team over there. Mm -hmm. Good people. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Amazon. So mm -hmm. Amazon. After Amazon reported earnings last week, what were the three biggest insights you took away from their report? And are you more bullish on them as an investor as a result? Yeah, Amazon's one of my favorite companies. Um, one of our topics in Red Panda has been for a while. Um, point number one, uh, double digit revenue growth is the norm for Amazon. So mm -hmm. Q2 of last year was the exception. Um, so 2023 it was a up 10.8 percent. 2021 it was up 27.2 percent. Um, number two, the quarterly revenue was amazing. So the quarter two of 2023, they did 134.4 billion dollars in one quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Amazon uh, Web Services did 22.1 billion. Uh, amazing company. They could be the largest revenue company in the world in about three or four years. Um, one stat that I look at is how long does it take a company to make a million dollars? They even beat Apple. Apple comes in at a minute and 35 seconds. Every 58 seconds, Amazon makes a million dollars. So by the time we went through the uh, announcement and uh, invest us lineup, they probably make $12 million just in that time frame. And I really think if a couple of streaming players fall apart, they could eventually fill in the gap and be maybe the third or fourth best player in that space and start to monetize a lot better there. I love Amazon. It's one of my favorite companies of all time. Um, definitely an investment I'm looking to hold for the next 10 or 15 years, but they are just killing it. And we can argue they don't even have, I, I love the current CEO that they have, but they don't have maybe a Jamie Dimon in banking or a Tim Cook at Apple. I always think if they got another person to hold that role for two or three years, like how much more effective and impactful 
or Bezos come back, could it be? So Amazon, literally, like, if you think about, I wish I can get my deli- my packages delivered. I can get my medicine delivered. Um, I can scan uh, all of my healthcare data. It tells me what I need to buy in advance. I can have it shipped to my door, and I don't have to travel and be stuck in traffic. If you were growing up in the 1990s or early 2000s, this is a company that you prayed for. They are here now and mm-hmm. here to stay. Um Absolute amazing performance. Their revenue in 2013 quarter two was 15.7 billion. I reiterate again this past quarter, 134.4 billion dollars in one quarter. Amazon is yeah. one of the greatest companies of all time, and, and a hell of a growth period since then. Still, still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still standing by it. It's just interesting. Like even when you talk about the quarterly revenue, like two years ago, having a hundred billion dollar quarter was something that we didn't even hear of. Yep. Right. First it was Apple and then we saw Amazon. Now it's like consistently happening. But it's interesting when we talked to, when you look maybe two weeks ago at the reports from Microsoft and what was the things that was slowing it down? Cloud service. Yeah. You look at the Google's report, what was slowing it down? Cloud service. And so they almost felt like the precursor for when you saw Amazon reporting that cloud service would be pulled back. And that was the complete opposite. It rose mm-hmm. by 12, 12%. 12% growth, AWS, like by itself. 12% increase. Yeah. You're talking over $22 billion in a quarter just on that. The other thing that is shocking, and maybe it's not shocking to people who've been following the company, is the amount of growth that they had on the advertising side. Absolutely. It's something that never gets talked about because when we think advertising, the first thing people think of is Meta and they think Facebook and how they have online ads. And maybe you think of Google in terms of YouTube. But they have, for the past eight quarters, had better reporting in advertising than all of them. Yeah, they've been crushing it. They've been crushing it in that space. And then another point that you just brought up was that the deliveries are getting faster. And so it went from two day to same day. Mm-hmm. And from a consumer standpoint, that that's great because it's like, okay, well, we can get our products faster. But from a business standpoint, think about that. How much less do they now have to pay for transportation? Yeah. Right? The the fuel that it costs, the you know, the transportation from uh, um flying the merchandising. For the past two to three years, we've been talking about the infrastructure. And, you know, I remember in like some of the early episodes of, of Market Mondays, they were like, yep. these are the years. Every four years, they build their infrastructure. So it costs them. It costs them to build. But when that build out happens and they take over malls and they take over drop shipping centers, it becomes more advantageous as the years go on. Now you see why. Right. Because now yeah. they, they cut costs on that. So Amazon, I mean, super bullish on it. Um, I've been, you know, all the analysts are looking at it like this. This is the, it's the time. Now it's like sit back and enjoy the ride because the mm-hmm. infrastructure is here. Cloud service is building. And even like you said, from a streaming service, most people don't even think of Amazon Prime as at all that they have to go to. And it's kind of one of those businesses that they just have. And they're, they're, they're going to wait for the right moment, I'm sure, to, to put something innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, love Amazon for all the reasons that you just said, in, in addition to the ones I just mentioned. Yeah, and as they're building out the infrastructure, I think if they start to do um, a lot better job of advertising alongside the content, that's that's something no one has. Like, you can't watch Mission Impossible 14 and directly click by or watch Power or... Um, it would be dope even just to watch Market Mondays on, on Amazon Prime and be able to buy the hoodies directly off of the site will like seamless ordering click one button order it goes to prime have it same day next day there's a lot of innovation that like a netflix could not do in comparison mm-hmm. or, or disney plus so i'll look for them to be a lot more competitive in that space but 
even if I go back to 2019, AWS is at $8.4 billion, and it's now at $22. Um, this company's just absolutely amazing, man. Like, they, they haven't had any real fall off over, like, the last 10 or 15 years. And the stock could definitely get better over the next 10 to 12. All right. Amazon. So let's talk about this. What are four fundamental factors you look at when deciding if you want to invest in a stock for a 10-year period? And how does this correlate with Apple's earnings from last week? Yeah, I posted this uh, part of it over the weekend. But number one, what is the ratio of fanatical supporters of their brand versus their competitors? So even though Samsung may make better products than Apple, the support and the fanaticism of Apple is way greater than anyone else in their space. Number two, do they have 50% mind share in their market for two or more products in their space? So when most people think of a smartphone, they think of iPhone. Um, when you think of a tablet, most people think of an iPad. So do they own 50% of that? So if I say I want to have a high level conversation, more than 50% of people are going to refer to keys. I don't care who I have a high level with. They're going to think of him first. That's important because mind share usually leads to market share. Number three, how much company, I mean, how much do they make uh, per hour? So Apple talked about this earlier, makes $38 million every hour in its last quarter. And number four, what is their probability of bankruptcy score? So you can look at a Z Altman score. I think I talked about this in LA um, at Market Mondays LA, but your Altman score will tell you what is the probability a company can go out of business. So Apple has a less than 2% chance of going out of business. Great. Ford, on the other hand, Tesla also has a less than 2% chance. But if you take a company like Ford, they have a 37% probability of going out of business. I don't think enough people factor in that downside risk to know, like, what is the chance that a company, uh, how much cash do they have on hand to be able to survive anything? Like, Apple has enough money right now. If they had no innovation, they can just coast for like eight or nine years off the cash that they have on hand. I wouldn't want them to, but their war chest is big enough. Um, Ford only has enough cash, I think, the last six years. It's not good. And their sales are going down and the, the stock has been going down since 2007 as well. So that probability of bankruptcy score is the final fundamental that I look at to see if I'll invest in a company or not. Okay. Um. All right. So that's something that I guess everybody can apply when looking to evaluate stocks to see if that is something that they want to. Yeah. I put four. Yeah. I put four. I put, um, depending on how you're investing, figuring out what, whether it's going to be growth or value, um, figuring out the profitability, which is important volatility. And that was an important one. I use Tesla as my example. If you watched, I mean, over the past five years, we've seen volatility inside of Tesla. If you watched it, for the past 15 years, you probably have a different type of argument. And yeah. so looking at that, if we're going to project it for the next 20, 10 years, and something that we always talk about, especially here on Market Mondays, is is the operating cash flow. I want to yeah. know how much money they have in reserve, right? Like how much money they have in reserves in the event of, you know, something catastrophic happening inside of the business or for the standpoint of what they can acquire to improve the business. Mm -hmm. um, so those are like a couple other factors that I like. Okay. Yeah. Even on the crypto side, if you look at like the first one, the fanatical supporter of the brand, I think XRP and Bitcoin are probably two of the greatest examples in a, in a um, crypto space. Like uh, the XRP army is strong. So like Doge didn't have a fanatical 
as fanatical support. Um, so that ratio of how their customer base supports them through good and bad is really important. Like I don't see, even if we take Tesla versus Ford or Tesla versus GM, I don't see anybody dying or tweeting about Ford or posting like, I'm happy that I got a Ford. It's a lot of people posting Tesla. Um, a lot of people posting Mercedes, BMW, like that matters because if you don't have an army of support, then where are your sales coming from? It matters a, a hell of a lot. All right. Well, speaking of army of support, let's talk about Meta. So Meta, the Reds will soon have search and web functionality. Mm -hmm. Since the use of the product has been down 80% since the launch, what can it do to make the app a hit product? I wanted to come to you guys first. You guys are the social media experts. Um, one good issue or problem that Meta does have is that everyone got on the platform, a bunch of users, but the fall off has been great. So I wanted to come to you guys first and see, like, what do you think they can do to make threads a hit and ultimately take Twitter and put Twitter out of business? Um, I think that threads, I don't know if it was essentially designed to just neutralize Twitter or overtake Twitter. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if it's going to overtake Twitter, but it can have some level of, you know, stinging neutralization mm -hmm. to kind of like just minimize its, its impact on pop culture. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it's kind of difficult for people to use threads. Instagram is the, is the, the main horse in the stable yeah. right so if i was them i would just focus make sure that instagram is always as efficient as possible and moving in the right direction as possible um and add new things to that they have threads so you can't just like demand you can't just wrap it up but i don't feel that a large emphasis should be put on threads per se if i was in Meta's office mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's difficult for people to multitask and use threads and then use Instagram and then, you know, they might be on Twitter and it's just a lot. But Instagram, I think, um, is the best social media app because it has the most to offer. Mm -hmm. It has a writing component. It has a live component. It has a picture component. It has a video component. So I was them. I would focus more on having a better user experience, a better reach, a better, you know, platform yeah. for Instagram as opposed to really drilling down and, and spending a lot more money in marketing threads even more. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see if it's not threads, maybe it is Twitter, um, connect itself to um, a live event or a series of live events or even like a, one of these smaller sporting events. When, when I think about one of the things we love about uh, looking at Twitter is having live reactions. Yeah. Right? Like when we watch when we watch an event, we want to see what other people are saying. But a lot, more importantly, a lot of times we want to see what other athletes are saying about what they're watching. Um, and so. Imagine a world where a Threads is, is the, the sponsor of a pickleball league or something like that, where everybody is like, what is this thing? But everybody keeps investing in it. And we can watch that the reaction is happening live inside of the space. Um, I, I, you just got to find different ways to be creative and innovative. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes back to what you said. How long can you be the person that duplicates what the person that the business has done before? Yeah. Uh, and so I'd be interested to see what person, what, what, 
platform does that um, because it'll, there'll be obviously some, some setbacks and some drawbacks from it, but then it'll be refined into a place where like this becomes the norm. Uh, so I'll, I'll be interested in seeing something like that. Yeah. I would love for them. I know they've been working on the AI model. I would really love AI content creation on threads. Like if I, if I was in their office, I'm like, if you can find a way to take, let's say the top 500 power users, build out their five tweets or five threads for the day and build that and do that at scale, that will help tremendously. Cause then you're not starting from a blank canvas. Uh, going back to that point of live events, like even small, like uh, sponsoring something smaller, like a battle rap event and have people act. Cause you need, I think Twitter has done a great job of like bringing Tucker Carlson in, but it would be dope if like a UFC event was put exclusively through threads. Mm-hmm then to have the reaction and now if you have the auto uh threads function with ai and it can build out content for you that would change the game like and if and if they do that and then can employ uh employ that into instagram to build content out for you that would definitely create some headwinds for them going into like this difficult and climate inflation-based um climate that we're in right now so that would be my my number one suggestion yeah it was it was kind of how when we looked at Instagram when when Versus was at its peak, right? Mm, good point. Yep, we watched that live. Five hundred thousand people were in it live. A million people yeah. were in it live, watching it happening. And the chat, like you were watching to see the performances, but you were also watching to see who else was in that chat with you. Like, oh wait, Oprah's here today. Oh, Michelle Obama's commenting. Like, I don't like how D Nice revolutionized that in a sense. So imagine a platform where that that can happen on a consistent basis. I mean, it'd be interesting. That'd to see be amazing. That. Well, I think streaming is the, is definitely a next iteration of social media. Um, but Please I tell would me just, more. Well, like the verses, right? For instance, that was a form of streaming where it was going live on on Instagram Live. Then, um, you know, then it started going live on other platforms. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of um, low costing content that can be streamed. I have mm-hmm. one idea that I'm not going to talk about right now. Because, yeah, somebody, don't do that. Somebody might take it, but there's a variety of things that can be streamed that don't necessarily have to have large production value. Like you said, like the battle rap thing, or stop uh, there. <laughs> TV timeout. <laughs> <laughs> so, things of that nature. So yes. <laughs> So I just feel like, you know, like Versus was a cultural moment, right? And at the, remember, at the beginning of Versus, it was very low production. Mm-hmm. As Versus went on, then they started doing Madison Square Garden and different things. nature. But at the beginning of Versus, it was one person in their studio with the iPhone, another person in their studio with the iPhone, and then it was going on Instagram Live. That caused a lot of problems with the connections and the, the, the sound and all of that. But the idea of Versus was a very low-costing product that was streamed on social media yeah. as opposed to being streamed on streaming services like yeah. Netflix or Hulu. And that was something that was actually revolutionary, if you really think about it. Um, nobody really thought about it like that, but that was actually a form of a streaming service. And Instagram became a streaming service at that point in time where Instagram Live, and that happened during the pandemic where the live went – originally the live was meant for just to communicate with your followers. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go live. I'm going to talk to my followers. They're going to see what I'm doing live. 
But Versus changed the game when they actually turned live into a streaming service. So mm-hmm. but we got to give D-Nice credit first before before Versus. Because he's the first person that he went live with a DJ set for 10 hours that we just watched. Because there was nothing that else. That was true. That was different. And then like, he was the first, like it was 100,000 people watching. And then Tim and, and Swiss, and shout out to Swiss, the episode was incredible. If you're interested, Absolutely. go check out that episode of Assets or Liabilities. Then they did a live together in their car. And I think Tim Swiss was in his car and Tim was in the studio. And then that kind of launched versus. But the D Nice thing originally was like, all right, this is something special. Um, so to see where it's going, like you said, it, it's, it is, right? Because now if I want to go back and watch that, some of those, like I was watching the Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man the other day. Yeah. Where do I go? Like they don't have them all captured in one place. Like I can watch it on YouTube, maybe Apple Music. Yeah. Um, having some of them. Trilla got some of them. So it's like they, they're, all, they're all over, but there's not one specific place I can watch them all. Yeah. So D-Nice did it on an individual basis, yes, mm-hmm. but Versus did it where it became must watch TV mm-hmm. with different people and different, you know, that D-Nice was streaming in the form of like Twitch, cussing it, hold your head. That was like, where you sure. just watch somebody for hours at a time, right? That happens with gaming and stuff like that. But when I'm talking about streaming, I'm talking about in a, from an event standpoint, whereas like I'm watching an event streamed mm-hmm. and that's what versus, that was the brilliance of versus. My prediction is that social media the next iteration of social media will be streaming that's interesting they have to to incorporate a streaming component into the social media i don't know maybe you charge five dollars a month to have access to uh, a menu of different streaming like let's think about it nobody has more on their platform instagram has more people on their platform than every streaming service combined yeah for real i was gonna say combined so for let's, sure. say, let's say instagram just put and a higher w- watch rate yeah i think that um the future of social media is going to be streaming low costing cultural moments and like i said you know meta has more users than all of the streaming services combined Indeed. Just Instagram, just Instagram alone. Mm-hmm. So imagine if they have a feature where it's five dollars a month. Meta's the Instagram is free, but it costs five dollars a month. Stop. Go to call before. Don't don't get too much. Don't get too much. Time out. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to mess with the moment, but hold on. Hey, make a couple calls. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. But just, just, just you know, yeah. Think about it. Um, so we're about twelve billion. We can't get it away for free. Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> How many billion dollar ideas can you have? That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, respect them. We will monitor the situation. situation. Hey, before it. What's up? <laughs> t- yes, fact. Um. Okay. So let's get into this. Um. Is the American dream dead and turning into a nightmare? Well, I don't want to cut your point off. I just don't want you to give away the business model. But why do you think more streaming services have not done that? And why are they not looking at Instagram as their biggest competitor? I don't know. I think Zuck get mad and hit that button and the NBA finals come on. Yo, I think I think Instagram, they haven't made. I don't think that they've really figured it out yet. And they still look at themselves as a social media platform as opposed to a streaming service. But the day that they that they look at themselves as a streaming service yeah. and not just a social media platform, the so the streaming services are in trouble. Because everybody, I'm not, I don't have uh, a subscription to 
the vast majority of streaming services. I have a Netflix subscription. Yep. I just recently got Hulu. I've never used it really that much though. I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have um Apple TV. Apple TV. I don't have all of these other ones, right? I got them all. Roku. <laughs> I don't have but what I have and what every every person has is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're bringing out the payment for reels back. So let's just advocate for Meta real quick. Could they be the new TV network? And let's just say they made it whatever price point we, we don't want to give out. But if they put a few hit shows on there and a couple sports. They got a hit show. A bunch of them. It's like if Kim Kardashian goes, they watch her live. Or if, that's a good point. If if Messi decides that he's going to do something live, that's going to get more ratings than any performance, any sporting event will get. But yeah. but it's not done on a regular. It's basis. not. That's what I'm saying. It's not. That's when he was saying like a hit show, like you know, every Wednesday at eight o'clock, that's every Monday at eight o'clock, you're gonna watch Market Mondays. Now, mm-hmm. but imagine it if if the Kardashians, right? Because she has over 385 million. Imagine if she said, you know, we're not doing the Hulu deal. Hulu deal with that that that, that streaming service anymore. We're gonna go exclusively live. It becomes unfiltered, unedited, which makes it a lot different. It makes it raw, right? So like when people, even like from a standpoint of when you're using social media now, like even you, like when you're studying it, you're seeing like the more organic the video is, the more popular it is. Yeah. So what if that became the wave, right? I think from a sporting standpoint, the licensing is what gets in the way for it. Mm-hmm. But if they, if they can figure out a structure, I mean, the licensing you do deals with the um. They do with, 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 with the net with the um you do a deal with the NFL, you do a deal with the NBA. Right, but that's they're in those those leagues are in deals with people now. Right. So like it would be tough to do it in, in this in this next two to three year span. Yeah, I know the NBA be crazy though. UFC is available, uh NBA is about to become available shortly. So and that was the issue we said with, with um uh Disney. Like how are they gonna do this as far as the NBA being on on their networks? Um, ESPN being the forefront and then TNT being another one. Um, so they're cutting back because they see the landscape of linear TV. They know like the most of the money is coming through advertising when people are watching it. But, you know, we just spoke about advertising on Meta. And we spoke about advertising on Amazon. We talked about it on Google. People are watching the finals on YouTube TV. You can't stop yeah, that. You can't stop like, it. It's happening. And if I know Elon wants the fight between him and Zuck to be on <laughs> but if it's on Instagram and they have a nice card and Izzy fights before them and that could be interesting. Rashad, I think you, you hit a, a good point. We got to make some calls. Matter don't steal our ideas. <laughs> yeah. Let's work together. Good morning to this situation. <laughs> but yeah, is the American dream turned to an American nightmare? Um. And some parts of America, I would say, yes, I think there is some vast improvements that we need to make. Um, For the first time in a long time, I feel like a lot more people are feeling hopeless. And we can take a poll. Like, are you, everyone in chat, do you feel as if you are able to make more money now than you were maybe, let's say, five or six years ago? I think this is a true eye test. I think more people are more concerned from a hopeless um, revenue and money is not flowing as easily. So because of all the debt, things that we talked about earlier, um, I wouldn't say that it's a dream state. And if we're going to be very honest, I said it before, but even the American dream of owning a home, three-bedroom with a white picket fence, that was a banking product. 
student loans are a banking product. That was a way for banks to ensure that they would have enough money coming in for a few generations. That's why you can't file bankruptcy on a student loan debt. Um, so we're not in the nightmare phase yet, but I think if we don't fix some of these issues, we are, we will be entering a purgatory. I keep saying it and I don't know, don't know how to express it better, but I don't know if the last two presidents will be able to run any fortune 500 companies. And if they can't, they can't run Rivian. So why should you be president? He's president, president of the United States. So they, they can't run this economy and they can't. It's not going well. It's a valid point. I just don't like the idea of the American dream. I, like you say, like who's the author of it? What's the That's premise of point. it? Um, it never really worked for us. It never was designed for us. And so I think like what we're doing is creating more realities than anything. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody to have a dream. I want them to look at their reality, see how they can shape it, how they can mold it, how they can create something that's inspirational for themselves and their family and others. Um, so is it dead? I, I mean, we've been we've been awake for a while. I never, I never looked at America. I love people. that. I mean, I don't want to be doom and gloom, so I do want to ask you going to an invest fest. Like, what are three tips you would give them to build a multi-million dollar brand if you were starting from scratch? Um, find a way to impact the most amount of people that you can possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, something that, you know, is extremely impactful, revolutionary. A lot of times people start businesses just to make money. I don't feel like that's the best way to go about it. I feel like a business should be started with impact first and then mm -hmm. finance and then finance is second. So you should look to see how can I how can I add value? How can I be impactful? How can I yeah. change people lives? And then fo focus on the business revenue model later. Um, that's my opinion. Of course, you know relationships are very big on that. So mentorship, I would seek mentorship. I would seek all kinds of different relationships in the industry. I would I would you know um, join different organizations of people in your industry. If you're in trucking, you should be in the trucking organization. You could you should go to the trucking conference. You should. You know, be on the board of the local trucking chapter in, in your neighborhood. That's extremely important to just be, you know, fully involved in whatever you are, whether that's yeah. retail, whether that's in mental health services, whether that's in uh, logistics, whether that's in media. Like you should be, you know, in on the inside. Right. And one of the ways to be on the inside is, like I said, join these different organizations, volunteer go to different events, just build relationships. That's, that's extremely important as well. And, um, really find out a way to be extremely disruptive in the space. And I think if you look at earn your leisure, you know, it's an example of that all three of those really, as far as, um, you know, doing something that had maximum value as far as could reach millions of people and change people's lives. When you're talking about educating people about finances and investing and buying a home and different things of nature, that's life changing. So that's that's the first thing. And then the relationships speak for themselves as far as everything that we've been able to curate is all based on relationships. And then the last thing is just being disruptive. Um, you know, I don't think anybody has really been more disruptive than what we've been able to curate as far as in our space of finance. Yeah. You know, being able to come and you know how we curate the content and deliver the message and use social media and, and break societal norms. When it comes to you know finance and different types of business etiquette, um, we were disruptive, mm -hmm. and I think great great companies are disruptive. Uber's disruptive, Airbnb is disruptive, um, 
you know, you have to be disruptive. So you could be disruptive in a variety of different areas, but in order to really, you know, because right now we're in the age of saturation. Everybody has already done something that you're probably looking to do. So how do you separate yourself from that is to yeah. you know really shake things up? Yeah, I think um, I'll just add to it, you know, original messaging, like you said, like the content has to be delivered or your message has to be unique. Um, it's one of those things where we always say where we're looking at the landscape and saying that we're going to do something that's completely out of bounds of what everybody would think and not allowing people to put us inside of a box, right? It would have been easy to say, like, those are the guys from, they only know business. But we, you know, we hip-hop, we sports, we fashion, we travel, we're all these things. Yeah. Um, and that makes it very original in itself because how many people could do that? You know, it's something we take pride in, being able to go chop it up with Joe uh, and everybody at, at his show and then also be on Bloomberg. Like, you go from button to Bloomberg, like, how many people are in the landscape the that they can do that? Not many. You know, Sorry, they couldn't sit around for the Patreon show. <laughs> Shout out Corey, but they had to go. <laughs> it, it, it makes it unique. It makes it original. I think, and this is one of the things that gets overlooked with us is that having interaction with your audience. A lot of these people live in inside of a social media platform, but you never see these people in real life. Yeah, and so there's a you know there's a guarantee that you're probably gonna see us right. And, and every time we go somewhere, even when we up here in Toronto, it's like, yo, what what are they doing at the block party? Like, yo, we wanna we wanna see what the city's like. Yo, what what are they doing in the after spot? Like we we wanna be everywhere because our audience is everywhere and our audience is, is unique and it's dynamic and it goes across all genres and all age ranges. And so we wanna show up at Dykeman and we're gonna be at watching a game because we love sports. And so that doesn't take anything away from what we do for a living, right? Like we're able to have conversations about multitude of things. Again, because the, the messaging is unique, but it also encompasses what we really are. I think the biggest thing, you know, when you're talking about million dollar brands and billion dollar brands is start, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that'd be the, the number one thing. Like, yeah. yeah, you just wait and you wait. And every day that you wait, and I've experienced this myself, you know, being in education, it was just like every year that I waited to take another course, it was like, all right, somebody went ahead. Somebody's gotten ahead. The next crop of people are, are coming. You know, it's one of those lessons that if you don't have to learn, you shouldn't. Yeah. Right, they, uh, we had this conversation about tech, and it was like, yeah, they, they're treating this like it's 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 college basketball. They're looking for the next freshman to come in, and every day that you wait to get better, there's another crop of freshmen coming in to take your spot. And so, you should look at anything like that. You should definitely look at business like that. Every day you wait, there's a new there's a new upcoming class that's coming with innovation. They're coming with disruption. Yep. They're coming with the intent to knock you off the block. So, start now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got anything to add to it? Yeah, yeah just, I mean, it's the one that's on your hoodie. Consistency is key. Um, <clears throat> even when the S&P thing came up, like I posted on Instagram, like the, it's interesting, like how fast time will go. But I remember when S&P Global downrated the United States, it was 12 years ago, but it feels like it was like four or five years ago when that happened. So be consistent in your craft. Number two, you have to find a gap that no one is filling. So for me, when I used to watch CNBC, shout out to everyone there, Frank, um, Terranova, Josh, um, who has a new show on Fridays, check that out. But when I watch CNBC, I know there's restrictions on why, but no one would just say, this company at this price, I'm looking to buy here, get out there. Like that's a, You have to find a need. So even in healthcare, there's a lot of room where people can innovate in healthcare and finance and in tech, how to break into tech. Um, how to build products and sale at scale. 
I think is key. And then I, the third for me is like you have to be able to do something that no one else in the world can do. And when you put those together with the other tips you guys mentioned, like being able to network and even over the last few years, I've been out a lot more as a result, like because people have to feel your energy and see if they can be able to trust you. But doing something no one else can do, consistently telling people about it and help. And if I can add a bonus one, like find a way to help a million people for free. Regardless of all the criticism I get about pricing, which is always interesting to me because I'm like, people like you charge a lot, but I'm like the majority of people who make money for me, make money for me for free. So find a way in your craft to be able to help a million people for free. That word will spread and then the business will come back to you. Or he's a byproduct. Yes. So, so before we finish one last finance topic, should BlackRock and the 15 trillion fund industry be broken up the big three are responsible for 73 to 80 percent of global etf market and sponsor 45 of the 50 largest funds so what is this blackrock fidelity vanguard vanguard, vanguard? Yeah. yeah um listen i'm about to put on my whole cape for vanguard blackrock nope um, even if it does get break, broken up, there will be smaller companies that are off, you know, offshoot employees of theirs that end up going to take it over. Every industry has usually three big players in it. But I also want to say, too, this is the truth no one wants to say. The purpose of a business is to build a monopoly that nobody else can enter. We can talk all the stuff that we want to about Apple and Google's. WWE macho man and Hulk Hogan relationship. They like technically you can argue because of the business they do together. Apple and Google are really like a brother and sister company. There's not that much separation between the two. So for my business owners, you want to get to a point where you do have a monopoly in BlackRock and Vanguard essentially has that. Um, If they aren't doing any harm to anyone, I wouldn't have it broken up. But when you get into a space, you are looking for a way. And this is what we're going back to talking about moats, which is another fundamental indicator that you guys have to use. But you have to make sure that the entrance into your business is high enough that everyone can't jump into it. So will it be broken up at some point? I think their lobbying power is too strong to be to for that to happen. Um, BlackRock and Vanguard own majority of all the companies on earth. That is by mm -hmm. design. <laughs> that will not be changed. I mean, for me, it would be even better if like, and hopefully with this conversation that I have with Kathy and somebody else at InvestFest, it'll happen. But I think every hedge fund should come to me first to know where to get into the market. Yeah. I, and I think every listener, right? It, every listener should understand. And I know some people are like, well, who are, who is BlackRock? That's something that you definitely should know, especially if you're investing in anything in, I mean, anything, but specifically, yep. definitely the tech companies. Yep. Look at what institutional investing is doing, like what, where they allocate their money and see what retail investors are doing and see where they're allocating their money. A lot of times when you see the chart of the percentages, mm -hmm. the companies that have the largest institutional investment means that they have a larger backing, right? Yep. So like if retail is pushing the space, if retail investors you know, if there's a pullback and people start taking their money and selling off, there's going to be a pullback in that company. But when you look at a company that has large amounts of institutional, institutional. investment, it's a completely different experience. So you should know who BlackRock is. You should know who Larry Fink mm -hmm. is. And you should see when he, when he speaks, you should definitely take note. Um, I know, he, you know, he had 
recently was was, was on CNBC talking about that he thinks the economy is going to accelerate. And so when a guy like who's the CEO of a, a company like BlackRock and mm -hmm. you know what they're investing in, he he sees that as an outlook. You got to pay attention to that. Um, yeah, so that, that's like that's the, the food for thought, like the homework you should be doing. And for me, if BlackRock and Vanguard does not, if they both don't own a company, there's no reason for me to invest in, into it long term. Um, they are the whales. We are the minnows that follow them. <laughs> Sometimes you may have a breakout company that you can find that you think has incredible value. But like when I'm going through my fundamental list, which I'll talk about more in Market Monday's Ghana, um, if they don't own like BlackRock and Vanguard both own Microsoft and Apple own a considerable mm -hmm. share, mm -hmm. as well as Saudi Aramco. So if those big three institutions are behind it, the probability of them going out of business and then having a draw up of 100 to 200 percent over five to a seven year cycle is very probable. Scaling looks likely. Yes. So. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lot going on in this world nowadays, man. Mm -hmm. uh, get your tickets to Ghana. That's going to be a moment to remember. Yes. Sure. And while you're at it, Atlanta, Georgia, two and a half weeks away, Invest Fest. We're here. Mm -hmm. And PayPal also launched a stable coin for all the crypto enthusiasts out there. Well, mine. Give them a boost. Well, monitor mm. I'll just briefly just explain that. So, PayPal Holdings, a notable player in the financial industry, has unveiled its stable coin named PayPal USD. Mm. This marks the first for major financial firms aiming to propel the adoption of digital tokens for transactions issued by Payos Trust Company. Mm -hmm. PayYUSD is anchored to the U.S. dollar and supported by U.S. dollar deposits, short-term treasuries, and similar cash equivalents. Yep. Dan Schulman, PayPal CEO, envisions the stable coin as an enhancement to the existing payment infrastructure, offering quick and cost-effective transfers without relying on a centralized system. Despite the current use of stable coins primarily in trading, Schulman hopes to expand its use in customer payments. Well, if y'all release that money faster. <laughs> that'll help the stock in the company stop the reserves yeah we hold yeah. reserves for seven months eight months um and also tesla cfo has resigned uh so it's since the stock is swirling down a little bit today like three and a half percent so interesting i think the stable coin play is interesting i said at one point every major company is going to get involved on crypto that's why i kept saying there would be like no decentralized but you know and i know the crypto community always kills me on that but because PayPal for the last six years, seven years has not been doing well. They're going to throw their hat into their crypto space to try and get that audience, um, that fanatical audience over. I don't think it will be a band-aid that stops the bleeding, but it will help for a short term period. Yeah. Well, crypto enthusiasts, tell me what you think about this. Should be interesting. Down 80% on a year. I'm down 80% from an all-time high. Mm -hmm. um, there was some issues with the stable coin market early in the year. We saw that uh, with the USD coin. So it's an interesting time. It's the first major, like you said, the first major financial company uh, from the U.S. To, to, to enter this market. So 
We'll see how this goes. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. Get your tickets to Invest Fest, ladies and gentlemen. The moment is here. Watch Earn Your Leisure tonight and on yes. Wednesday as it's over liabilities. Jordan Woods, watch the dope episode with Lethal Shooter on Tuesday. That's and we got fire. A, we got a surprise for you guys on Friday. That's yeah, gonna be fire. Uh Lincoln Bio, get your tickets to see me and Steph Curry on Saturday the 12th. Uh brought to you by JP Morgan Wealth Management. Appreciate you guys so much. And stock club call will be on Wednesday, and prices will be out for the month of August on Wednesday as well. If I pick made you money, please put yes in chat. Yes, 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 yes. And shout out to Toronto. Shout out to all of our guys in Toronto. Shout out to Fry. Shout out to P. Yes. Shout out to M2M. Uh, Tweet Daniel. Shout out to Sherrod, Priscilla. Sherrod, Priscilla. Oh man, hospitality on trillion. We was in. We've been, we're in Toronto currently. Nineteen Keys with us had a dope networking event earlier today. Um, it's just a tremendous, you know, city opportunity to come out here and just vibe for Caravana, which is their carnival. We were actually in the parade um, on a float. Hey. Uh, so it was, you know, it was us. Met a lot of great people. Been having nonstop itinerary. Hosted a party with LeBron. Shout out to Maverick Carter, the good brother man, who will be at Invest Fest. We've been spending a lot of time with Maverick over the last week. Uh, good brother, very knowledgeable. Shout out to Rich Paul, ran into him. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, Fred Van Peep, Fleet, very good brother. Um, Corey Shout Joe, Ace Town, Corey yep. Joe. Another one, yeah, yeah. Good, Joe yeah. up on us. Good dude. Yeah, it's been it's been vibes. It's been vibes out here, man. Toronto definitely. I gotta get some. I gotta get a condo out here, it's just for the vibes. It's uh, It'd be a good investment for sure. For sure. Yes. So, thank you to Toronto for the hospitality. We greatly appreciate it. We will not be doing any more traveling for a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. we have to get ready for Invest Fest. Atlanta. Yes. Gotta be our next travel. ATL. ATL. Thank you to Steve Harvey for yes. greasing us this episode. Um, and thank you guys for rocking with us. And uh let's get it. Love is love. I'll be good to each other. Take care of each other. Reach out, call somebody, text somebody. Love is love. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.